I don't know why you're talking to me. Get up the ladder. Facilitating construction startups, elevating the building community, and helping to usher in the next generation of builders, the Contracting Handbook podcast connects builders globally through conversation. With the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki, General Contractor at Large in Fairbanks, Alaska. Welcome back to the Contracting Handbook podcast. My next guest has a passion for sharing everything that he knows about framing onto the next generation. He's always been an advocate for improving available tools. And it turns out he's not afraid to call BS. It's it's Joe Canning, AKA the Canadian Carpenter. What's up, Joe? What's going on, brother? It's a beautiful day in Alaska. It's a beautiful Man, day in Alaska. There's beauty here too. Nothing to complain about, really. No doubt. Good for great framing weather. <laughs> yeah, not too hot yet, huh? No, uh, we, you know we had our little whatever you want to call that three days of summer a couple weeks ago. Got us ready for it. So once I got the shorts out, now I'm ready. Let's go. Nice, nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, what are you working on right now? I saw. I just saw you standing out in a in a in a big wide open area with nothing. No structures. Yep. First one's in the subdivision. Cool. So it begins. So it begins back to some production framing. Yes. Cool. Uh, how how long have you been framing? Uh, 27 years. It's a good go. Uh, how, how did you how did you end up in the trades? Um, funny. Uh, I actually had a previous career and that was in multimedia animation. Um, oh. I was in a very flooded uh, market. Basically, I couldn't get a job. Uh, not unless I wanted to move anywhere closer to like Toronto or something like that. But I couldn't I couldn't find work. And, you know, I have wife and four kids. So bills had to get paid. People like to eat and they like roofs over their heads. So I had to do something. And yeah, I just, I had a friend of the family ask me if I could swing a hammer and I was like, let's go find out. <laughs> cool. And then, yeah. so you went and worked for someone, learn, learn framing from them and took off on your own or what? Uh, I, I learned a lot. I'm the first, first person who hired me. Yeah. It was, it was not how I thought it would be. It was actually a gong show. Mm. <laughs> like It was an absolute gong show. Um, yeah, drinking every day, you know, drugs and everything like that. And I'm like, this is just not where I want to be. And the contractor, the guy I was subbing from actually was like, you know, you're here every day. This guy screws off and doesn't show up half of the time. He's like, you should come work for me. And, uh, I did. So I ended up being the only laborer for a 17 man production framing crew. Hmm. You learn how to run and you no learn how to get doubt. Thick, no thick doubt. skin in a hurry. Thick skin, no <laughs> doubt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and how were you? I mean, you learned fast. You grew up fast. That's for sure. Yeah, how oh, yeah. were you as an apprentice? I uh, At first I sucked because I really didn't want to be there. And that was the yeah. thing. Um, I was horrible. Uh, I would just like 
purposely not do things I was supposed to do because I was like, man, this really sucks. This Because I hadn't really let go of the fact that I had a previous career and I hadn't let go of it yet. Um, huh. It wasn't, it wasn't for like, I think it was two years, I think. And I, and I, I finally just realized that my career that I had previous had passed me by. It's gone. There's no way to get back to it. I'd have to go back to school, start all over, do the whole nine yards over again. So I was like, this is actually putting food on my table right now. So I might as well just, you know, hang out here and see what I can do with this. Right. Everything was close by, you know, work wasn't too far away. Um, and yeah, I did. I didn't realize once I started paying attention that it was actually going to be something I truly enjoyed and it, my days got easier. Mm. Right. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, you, know, you go ahead. No, I was going to, I, I, I was just thinking about that kind of resistance at the beginning. I could feel it myself because I had a degree and I was always doing carpentry on the side, but I never really saw it as a career path because of course, we yeah, were, it wasn't supposed to be a career path. No, so I was a, little, a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think until I actually was self-employed till I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to start a business. I wasn't mm -hmm. totally committed to the idea because I was still kind of thinking about that degree. Yep. Still looking back. Yep. It sits in the bottom of a drawer collecting dust right now. <laughs> you want mine? It, I could send it. Can, <laughs> it can stay, it can stay right where she's at, right? Yeah. No but, doubt. You know, I, it's just been a, it's been an interesting path um, leading up till now mm -hmm. for me, you know, because Unless you have drive or ambition to be something or do something with your life, you're going to hate this job, right? You have to yeah. want something, right? You have to, either, whether it's be bettering yourself or whatever the case may be, or taking care of your family, or, you know, you, you have to want something. Something has to drive you because this isn't a, a, this isn't a career path that you just walk into and go, you know, I got a job and, you know, I'll get a raise every year and, you know, and it's not like an office job, right? Yep. You don't produce, you don't get paid, right? You don't get, right. you don't, you don't move up a ladder. You have to want to, to get to that point. And, uh, I stayed, I stayed pretty much where I was at in the laboring thing for quite a while until I started getting frustrated and, and it started eating at me and I was just like, I want more. Right. So I had to figure all that out. And, uh, I, I stayed a labor until I got, totally pissed off with it and i needed mm -hmm. i needed more money it wasn't quite you know i wasn't making ends meet and it was frustrating and because i'm like i'm working you know 12 13 hour days some days 14 and i'm like i'm still not making it so i was getting pissed off and uh one day i just i started having like a little mini fit and i was loading up a unit because you know <laughs> that's what my job was forklift was in the window with the lumber and i was just you yeah. know pulling it all in and I was having a little bitch fit and I was freaking out. And uh, one of the guys that worked was working over top of me, they were craning the roof. I was just loading up stuff for back framing and whatnot. And uh, he was just, he just said to me, he was like, what is your problem right now? And I was like, you see what I'm doing right now? I was like, I got four kids, you know, I got a house I need to pay for. Like, this is not what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was like, I need the money. I'm like, when, when, at what point do I start to progress? you know, past this 
to get better at what I do and get a raise, right? So if it wasn't for this guy, I don't know what would ever happen because he was just like, you know what? He's like, are you afraid of heights? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't think so. So as they were craning the roof and he just said, tomorrow you come up here with me and I'll show you how to sheet the roof. He's like, the money's up here. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'll see you first thing in the morning. Right. Yeah. So so I, I showed up, you know, I was kind of like nervous, excited and everything like that for first thing in the morning. And, you know, back in the day, it was like no ropes, no nothing, you know, no tie off wearing your bands, your baseball hat and your pouch and get, get going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like I met him the first first thing in the morning. I was like, "You still want me to go get up there?" And he's like, "I don't know why you're talking to me. Get up the ladder." <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so I went up there and I I started sheeting the roof with him. He was showing me like the do's and don'ts real quick, and he's just like, "It's really simple, and if you mess up, you're going to get hurt." Uh, so all I need to tell you: just pay attention to what you're doing, respect where you are, and you should be fine. So I just started laying sheets. He's, he sat there and he backed now behind him. I was his laborer for sheeting. So I just kept laying him and laying him and laying him. And that was my job until I got it down to a science. And meanwhile, while I was up there with him, the boss is down in the forklift, honking on the horn, freaking out, waiting for me to come to the window. And uh, I never showed up until he yelled over the top of the, the roof tone and just said, stop calling him. He's not coming. He's up here with me. So the boss nice. just backed the he backed the forklift up there, and he just started watching me up there, and he and I never labored again. After that fi- day, I I I just kept going like to different things, and that's cool. They started, yeah, they started teaching me. So, yeah, it went really well. So, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. That that's that's cool. That guy gave you the shot. Yeah, yeah. I will. I'll never forget that day. Because mm-hmm. I was, like I said, I was nervous. I was, I didn't know what to do. Like when I got up there, I wasn't, I wasn't really afraid, but I definitely understood what he was saying. by respect where you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he said things can change in a second. So be, you got to be ready for it. Absolutely. So, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but okay, I'm pretty sure I got the gist of it, but not sure what how you were describing it. So let's just see how this all goes. So. And ever since then, I sheeted every damn roof ever, <laughs> every single one. <laughs> but yeah, like I and I, I started, you know, being taught all kinds of things at that point because I, I wanted more, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and after I got that that section done, where I was like, okay, I can sheet a roof, no problem. Like now we need to learn how to frame said roof, right? So I started trying to figure all that out. No, and nobody would teach me that one. The only, the only time, the only time anybody said anything to me about a roof was my old foreman. Back when I was just a, you know, I was just a gunner. I didn't really, my job was to, you know, sheet things and put things on layout. One day he said it to me. He was just like, you want to know how to cut a rafter? Because he was in the back cutting a shed, shed roof in the back of this block of townhouses. And he was just like, you want to know how to do it? I'm like, and I was like, Yeah. And he goes, I'm only going to tell you this once and I'm never going to repeat myself. So he, he did it the old school way with the framing square and like a 99 cent calculator. And uh-huh. he just, he just rambled it off. And he just said to me, he goes, you ever, ever forget that? I'll never tell you again. And at, at that time, I'm like, 
I'm never even going to get near cutting a rafter for however long it takes to get there. Right. And I, I was just like, okay, well it's in the computer now. So like, and he would, he would randomly say it to us, he, me and another guy, cause he was always trying to put us head to head and he would, he would just say it. And it was like, how do you do it? And you would have to say it right then and there. If you didn't, then he would never share anything with you ever again. Mm. So every time, no matter what you were doing, and you had to keep working while you were saying it. So yeah, it would be the most random time. Like you might be banging together interior walls, and then he would just be like two units down, laying out, and just yell it to you. Go, how do you do that again? Yeah, but you had to keep, <laughs> you know, keep your focus while you're nailing. Don't shoot yourself, but you know, yell it back to him. Right. So nice. it always stuck with me. And then after that, I was just like, you know what? I need to know all of it. Right. I need to know. I need to be, stop being this person. I, I need to stop being in, in doing the grind part. And I need to, to figure out how to get where I want to be. So I started paying attention to everything. And then within a year, I took that guy's job. And yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. When you say when you say you were a gunner, um, were you working on like one of those framing machines, like the that basically has layout? And you're doing exterior walls and then carrying that out. No, okay. All stick framed. Okay. Yeah. His job as the foreman was to walk into the interior, just lay out the plates for you, and you go in there as a gunner and you just nail it all together. Yeah. Load load your walls, nail it, stand it and be ready for bracing before you leave. And you had minimal time. I was doing interior walls and then in interior walls, I was doing in about 45 minutes per unit. Uh-huh, flying. So I was, yeah, I was shooting probably about 9,000 nails a day, just myself. So I, I did the framing thing ass backwards. I did, I got fast and then good, not good. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> Two boxes a day. That's pretty good for one guy. Yeah, that's so. pretty impressive. Um, so when did you kind of go off on your own then? How long were you? How long did you work as a as as a framer for other people? Um, I stayed I stayed with him for ten years. Because I got, I thought that's, you know, that's what I needed to do. I, you know, I, I had gotten to a point where I had a company truck. I was making a lot of money. Well, not a lot of money. I was making good money. Um, you know, and I stayed there until finally I got, you know, I was running, running the crew and he, he stopped showing up for work like five years before that. So I was basically in charge of everything, hours, everything. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I'm doing my own gig for somebody else with the idiots that he's hiring and <laughs> expecting this to happen. So yeah, like I just got frustrated at, uh, I got, I just got to a point like he kept hiring guys that were just, you know, like still coming down off being high in the morning just to have a body at work kind of thing and expecting yeah. me to build, build castles over a weekend. Yeah, and I I literally just said one day to him, I'm like, you know what, I am I am done, like I am absolutely done, 
And he, and I, I handed him the keys to the company truck and he just looked at me and said, that's good. Cause you guys are all laid off anyway. The only reason why this crew is still going is because you keep showing up for work. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then he expected me to go tell everybody they were laid off. And I'm like, it's not my name on their check. You go tell them that they're laid off. And he wouldn't do it. So I, I went over and I got the rowdiest guy I had there. And I just said, uh, yo, Kenny, I'm like, you, you, you are all laid off. No callback. Right. <laughs> Dude lost his mind. He's like, why are you over here telling me this? <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I was like, it is what it is, man. You know now. So, but uh, yeah. And then from that day forward, and that was December 23rd. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So I got laid off. Well, I quit slash laid off uh, December 23rd. Uh, by December 26th, I already had a truck tools work. I just had to register a business, which I did on a computer. And I was, I was up and running by December 27th. Uh-huh. So I didn't waste any damn time. I had a bunch of guys once I, once they knew I was on my own, just came with me and uh, we, we drove out of here because this guy knew every builder around here. So I figured the only way to escape that is to leave. So <clears throat> I went to Toronto, which is an hour up the highway and started framing there. And let me tell you, when you think you're good and you're in your own little bubble and you're, you think you're king shit of turd mountain, when you, <laughs> when you go into somebody else's area, uh -huh. you learn how good you're not. I uh -huh. learned, I learned a lot, a lot of stuff in that first little while, like just insane amount of stuff, like more than I could actually like focus on what I was doing without watching people around me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen anybody do that. You know, like, and I, so, I, so were I you learning like by mistake or, or, I mean, there's some errors going on, but like, are, are you learning from other framers that are sharing information because no watch and learn. I never spoke to them. Uh huh. Yeah. The only, the only guy I ever spoke to was, and this still blows my mind to this day. And I tell the story very often. I was framing out in Toronto and there was a guy framing next to us by himself. And at that time, he was probably in just about 60 years old by himself. Mm -hmm. And we're all young, you know, strapping you know, young men, just, just ready to rip somebody's head off, you know, like compete with anybody near us. You know, we didn't care. And this old guy making every move count kept catching up to us. Like granted, he worked seven days a week, but we would come in on Monday and be like, what the hell? <laughs> like he's, he's right there with us again. Like what is happening? So then I started paying attention to everything he was doing and I was watching him and I'm like, this guy is a freaking genius. Like just, just the stuff that he was watching, you know, I was watching him do and things like that. Like, like leaning out the window to cut his, cut his porch roof. Literally pulled his tape measure out, pulled one measurement, took two seconds. Not even, I don't even know if it was two seconds, but he came out, came right back out the window again with a ridge board and nailed it right to the wall. You hear the saw going for two seconds, 
Boom, he came out with a pattern rafter, checked it, checked it, checked it. Boom, he started cutting. I'm like, is this guy a walking, talking calculator? Like, what just happened right there? Right? So then I had to know. So then one day, when every all went home, I came in on a Saturday. I had to see what he was doing. Uh (laughs) And he came in. It was his son would come in and help him on the weekends. But I was watching the way they were working together. And I was like, this is money. Like, this is just, it's just flowing. Every step counted. Like, there wasn't 50 trips back to the trailer. There was none of that kinds of carryings on. Everything was right there, loaded up, ready for them. You know, they, they, they framed in a way that I was just like, I need to go talk to this guy. And I did. I bought him and his son coffee and I sat there and I, I had a couple conversations with them. And I was, I was just mind blown. Just mind blown. And a lot of the stuff that I did learn, I do still use to this day that I watched him do. Can't argue it. It works, right? But that's why I keep telling guys, it's not all about being taught. Like me telling you to sit, like, sit down, Junior, let me tell you, you know, how to do this. A lot of it's common sense. A lot of it's watch and learn. You know, if you have a question, ask the question. But a lot of it you can figure out if you can if you can see it. Um, you know, especially myself because that's the way I learn. You know, I um, you know I have ADHD, so for somebody to tell me how to do something is irrelevant. It's just squirrel, right? But yeah. if I see somebody if I see somebody do it, then I'm like, okay, well, I could do that. Now, if I can do that and implement this. Let's go, you know, see how this works. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just the way I, I, I can learn. And that's the way I've taught myself to, to be able to pick up different processes from that is I have to physically see it happening in front of me. So now I'm a little bit better with it. I can concentrate a little bit, but I'm still, you know, squirrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'll come back <laughs> to it. Like I'll come back to like five minutes. It happens on my live videos all the time. You know, like I'll be talking like we are right now and I'll read a comment and I'll I'll come back 10 minutes later like I never dropped it off and just keep on rolling. So it's it's a little odd, but got to make what, you know. It sounds pretty familiar to me because I've got a buddy who's just like that. It's like 45 minutes later, he's hitting me with two things we were talking about a while ago. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. What well, you got to look at it. You got to look. Look at it two different ways, right? You can either look at it as a disability that you were born with, or you can look at it mm. as you were blessed with a gift that you can now multitask really mm. well because you can't focus on the one thing. You have to have 50 things going on. Unless mm. I'm hyper fixated on something, then everybody knows just, not, don't, just don't talk to me because <laughs> I'm going to get mad. If you throw me off, well, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this sounds very familiar. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think that that, that, that ADHD people are, once they're on their craft, though, it's just in. It's so focused, you know. Yeah, and and it's the hyperfixation thing, right? So the fact that I got a label at some point and was told we're different or that that people are uh, whatever. Yeah. It just got a label. It's just normal. Yeah. I, well, it's normal now because it got misdiagnosed so much in the past that now it should be called normal, right? But <laughs> I, think so. I don't, I don't, 
I don't look at it as a disability. I look at mm-hmm. it as, you know, I'm just a normal person and I'm just, I'm, I'm really intrigued by a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it's all at the same time, but <laughs> <laughs> everything all yeah. at once. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I did it today too. And I, and I even caught myself and I was like, did I finish doing what I was doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to go check on myself, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, at least I remembered, you know, I got her done, but it happens. But, you know, I don't look at it as a disability or anything. I just look at it as another way, you know, I, I just learn differently. And it probably makes you a good teacher for, for teaching that trade because you're visual. I, I think so. Um, and I, th- I think it has to do with my, my previous career being in art, 3D art and things like that, 3D animation and things like that, where I'm actually able to kind of foresee what the outcome should be before I start building. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that helps me a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like, and it's hard, it's hard for me to explain. Like sometimes me and Ryan will get like a full on argument sometimes where I'm like, dude, I got it. It's, it's, it's going right now. It's good. We're good. Let's just do it. And then, but you know, he wants to implement some of his own stuff, which is awesome. But when I already have it figured out, cause I already hyper fixated on it and I'm good and I figured mm-hmm. this out and this is the fastest possible way with the best quality outcome. I need to do it that way. Yeah. This is awesome. I, very familiar. And then I got to just, you know, <laughs> I put my foot down and I'm like, no, watch, watch what we do. And then, then it'll, it'll click why I'm doing it the way we're doing, it. you know, and you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Got to You got to do it sometimes. You, gotta, you know, put your foot down sometimes, but. Do you think you, uh, do you think you carry a lot from that? one that one frame we originally were talking about there that um i wouldn't say i carry a lot uh there's a lot of of small little things that he did do that i did i did carry it for a while and i kind of used that as the as the point i need to to hit every time i need to be doing it this way but when it later later down the line when i started getting the more complicated builds and everything and, and the scenario wasn't working and i had to implement it with some of my own stuff and now i have what i have and i don't know what to call it <laughs> it's just it's my way yeah, yeah. And it works so yeah. i'm not you know it's not the best possible way but it definitely works definitely makes me money so <laughs> nobody's bitched at me for the for the end result of my houses. So I, I take that as a, as a plus as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, the, the way you're talking about the visual thing too, you know, being able to carry a project to the end in your head for the most part, you know, sometimes they're not all there, but, but yeah. dealing with, I, I think it's a, a gift and it's also something we have to have, you know, when you're talking to clients and stuff and they don't have that. It's so interesting. Because they're yes. just they're they're lost. Yes. And and then you start waving your hands and talking about what's going on over here. And they're looking at you and then you come back fifteen minutes later with something you were talking it, about twenty yeah, minutes it ago. Just, it's it a, just it just happened today, actually. Yeah. Um yeah. Right before right before we loaded the forklift up and took the container out to catch the float, uh I hadn't gone over 
the timber framing aspect of this front porch that's going to happen hmm. while we're not there because I just don't have time for it. I'll come back and throw the roof over it. I just I can't commit that much time to the timber framing as much as I really, really, really wanted to do it. Sure. Um, yeah, it just, it just wasn't it wasn't a smart business decision to do it. So, yeah. So me me being the framer there, they wanted me to give them measurements, like exact measurements where to stop the timber and where my framing needs to go over top of it. And I'm like, dude, if this is a timber framer, he, I shouldn't have to do this. You know, I shouldn't like if, if he's a timber framer, he knows what he's doing. Just make sure he doesn't exceed the ridge line of that other roof. Cause that's not what's wanted here. So and they just wouldn't let it go. So I was really quick and I'm like, I'm like, loading my container with ladders and chains and, and everything like that. But I'm calculating timbers and heights and everything while, <laughs> while I'm doing this, <laughs> you know, and I left them with a number and I'm just like, man, all right, if I don't want to hear it, if I, if this doesn't work out, but I'm pretty sure that I should end up within an inch and a half of that ridge, which will work out fine with cheating plane. You'll be half inch down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> floats coming right so it's like you know but you know it's like things like that it's just like and uh i'm sorry it just happened so my brain just went um yeah so So anyway (laughs) and and that was the that's a new that was that on that remodel you're working on yeah okay Uh, great project i had a blast on that project like very like cool. what what what'd you I'm like? So used, so used to subdivisions, right? Like right. that was just insane. Like like the first day when we showed up there to like price it, and I was just like, they want us to do what? <laughs> like, because when we showed when we, when we showed up there first, that when I when I was going there to see it first before we started pricing it, just to see the job because I couldn't grasp the concept of what they were talking about. So I was like, we'll come out there on break when we get coffee, and we'll just come swing by and we'll have a look. So there was no foundation in the ground or anything. It was just, you know, the land and, and an idea that was floating in people's heads and trying to grasp the concept of dropping 3000 square feet in the middle of two existing structures, especially mm-hmm. the 1800, 1870s one was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. I was like, you know what? I can't even price it on an idea, you know, put it all on paper, everything like that. And they did, and uh, they sent it over to us, and I was just like, <laughs> I kind of want to do this. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't even know, like, it could have been a terrible, terrible business decision to do this project, right? Um, but, yeah, like, they had a bunch of people had had already turned them down. Uh-huh. I'm like, interesting. Like, why the hell would anybody turn this down? Maybe because the driveway is 1,500 feet long? <laughs> I don't know. You know, because it does. It, it looks weird when you're driving up to it. Like the driveway is literally like 1,500 feet long. <laughs> it's just farmland on both sides of a uh-huh. dirt driveway going in the middle of nowhere. But once you get past it and you're out in the middle of it, you're like, wow, cool. I want to live here. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So everything went pretty, you know, everything went as good as it could possibly go for that project. So everybody's happy. So. 
you, and, and you made your money. Yeah. How do you bid a project like that? How do you how do you quote that? Something. Well, we did uh, square foot price for the new build and anything tying in uh, with the two existing buildings. You switch to time and material. That way, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. People don't realize what connecting buildings entails. Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It, ah, it they're like, ah, it's just <laughs> construction. It's just this, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah, it's no, not. I mean, it's a massive a, remodel of your existing house. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of points that you know, especially with the one building because the 1870 square 1870s farmhouse was three and a half inches out of square to what mm. we were framing square. Yeah. So, right. So you got to be on your game when you're getting near that building to what will work and what will feather out. You know, Uh when you're talking about three and a half inches, you're like, that ain't going to feather out. But, but, but it it is. Yeah. It's it's all standing. It's feathered out, (laughs) you know, but it, that could have went horribly wrong. You know, myself and Ryan both, both had to like have our heads on while we were doing it just to make sure like we were, everybody was on the same page. There was a lot of communication back and forth. You know, we can do this, but we can't do this, but we can make it look like this. How's about that? (laughs) You know, like, you know, a lot of suggestions were brought to the plate. Um, We redesigned the roof on the fly because the original roof uh, where we put the shed door room was just a normal 10, 12. And then it just had like a three twelve mini skirt roof on it. And it looked bad mm-hmm. a it was a pain in the ass it would have been a pain in the ass to frame um you know it didn't look very good um and ultimately it was easier for us to to frame the shed door right so we were sitting there the one day and we had the engineer come out because some things i i looked at the print and i'm like there's no structurals here you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make this up on the fly, you know? So we had an engineer come out and we were discussing everything and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, where am I supposed to put this roof? What carries the roof right here? All right. So he, he came up with an idea and I was like, I got a better one. <laughs> I'm like, how about we just get rid of that? Stop trying to bring this roof down to a knee wall. Get rid of that. We'll shed dormer this back. I'll put a fake, uh, like an eyebrow to make it look like, it was still the ten twelve, but just the ten with the shed dormer popping out of it. Yeah, and then we just call our day, and he was like, "Cool." <laughs> I was like, "All right, now we're now we're talking, right?" Because there was there was all kinds of structural things there that that didn't make any logical sense, you know. Yeah, like so, this was the best possible outcome, and did it opened get, up that room. Did it, it give it you opened up that room so much better, right? So, yeah. Did it give you a commission for? Doing his doing his work for <laughs> no, but I'm really really good at suggesting things on the fly. Yeah, that work better work better in my benefit. <laughs> you know this this one actually worked out well for everybody because aesthetically it looks a lot better as well. So yeah, my foreman was a framer before he did everything for me, and man, sticking him in a room with the engineer was bomb. <laughs> it was great. Well, usually... I just like I like the com- I just it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um we did a we did a pretty interesting frame a number of years ago. We got hired just to frame a place. It was a 
golden ratio. So pentagonal building, but the front was arced. The three, the three front, the three points in the front were connected mm -hmm. by an arc. So 108 degree arc. And, and, nice. and I, so I'm like, we're looking at he and the owner goes, cause he drew it. He's an excellent builder and draftsman. He just mm -hmm. hired my crew. And he was like, so what are we going to do about the roof? And I'm like, I don't like, why don't you draw it? And he's like, I don't think I can. And so yeah. we started framing where all, every day we'd be looking up going, how are we going to connect all this? And it yeah. was a super fun project. It was really, really yeah. Right? It's one, oh, yeah. One that you'll just look back on and be like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's, I've it looked, a few of those. <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. Very cool. So, um, so are you teaching kids that it's cool to be in the trades or it's cool to be an influencer? Yeah, that's a touchy one, eh? Like that's a brain fart and a half. Um, well, here's my thing. And I hope, I hope to God it's going the right way. Uh, the intention is to teach the kids it's cool to be in the trades and it's perfectly okay to make great money with these things and mm -hmm. this thing. Yeah. You know, um, sole reason why I started the Canadian carpenter page in the beginning. Um, like the, this page actually sat idle for two years while I decided what to do with it. I had no idea what to do with it. Um, mm. I first got on Instagram, just, you know, like everybody else just got on Instagram and then my account got hacked and I didn't know what to do because my original account was my name. And I was like, what do I do? So then I thought about it for a minute and I came up with Canadian Carpenter and I was like, all right, I registered it and kept it and I just let it sit there. But I had no idea what to do with it. And then, then one day I was just like, you know what? Looking around and everything like that, like we're dying as a trade. And I'm like, yes. what, what better way to try to inspire kids to come into the trades than on the platform that they're already on? which at, you know, at the time it was Instagram, which now is more adults, I think, than kids. Um, but I, I had started it like that. And I also started the hashtag framers are a dying breed at the same time. And uh, I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know what I should be posting or anything like that. So I was just posting things from my day to day and things of that nature and, and hoping, you know, somebody found it cool. And obviously, you know, along the lines, people started to think it was pretty cool. And it wasn't to try to, um, I wasn't trying to stand out or anything. I was just trying to show kids, this is a really cool job you can have. You could be doing this. You're outside all the time, you know, running around in shorts and, you know, you're not sitting in the cubicle coughing on the guy next to you, you know, things of that nature. So it, it all made sense. So I had basically a calling now for, for the, page so i so all i did i just kept posting and posting and posting day-to-day -day stuff whatever i was doing at that day just kept po posting it now the influencer thing kind of came unexpectedly um you know i'm not gonna lie and say i don't like it i do i love tools um so being a tool reviewer you know it kind of hit me off guard i you know but like, even remember the even before you were day. I'm sorry, what? Uh, but even before you were an influencer, 
you were reviewing you were reviewing tools and trying yeah, to better things, what was out there with Milwaukee. Things, uh, things that I had per- purchased myself. You yeah. know, back back in the beginning when we started doing tool review things, we were spending our own money. We were spending like there was a couple there was a group of us and we were spending like twenty five thousand dollars a year of our own money on tools and showing them on here. Mm-hmm. So once once the brands got on board and they were just, you know, like, oh, well, maybe we should uh, help these guys out a little bit, <laughs> you know, and and it kind of seems like that that's the way it went. Right. Like, yeah, there's always there's always been a budget for reviews, but they were going to website people. We had to show them that what we were doing was a lot different because you never know how many people are actually looking at that web- website and reading the articles that someone had sat down and written. But what you can do is you can look at our Instagram and you can instantly see how fast it's going and who's seeing it and how many are seeing it and, you know, how long it's been up. You you know, you get, the metrics are just flying out of this thing. So it was like, I, I, I really like doing it because I, like I said, before that, I've, I've always been a tool guy. I like the guys that used to fix my tools were the guys that they knew. They knew me from. I always knew what was what was coming up next, and I, I wanted to be on the, the cutting edge of tools. If it was, especially if it was going to make me money, right? So, I was always involved in that stuff. So when <laughs> when Dewalt reached out to me because Dewalt was the first company that ever reached out to me, I didn't believe them. <laughs> like I didn't, believe, I didn't believe them. He sent me a DM on Instagram, and I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. whatever. Right? And I blew him off and everything. And he's just like, no, really, I'm from DeWalt. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't believe you. <laughs> so no, that's I just let it be. He sent me a message. He's like, well, here, give me your email address. I'll email you. And you can see all my letterheads and everything like that for, you know, the people <laughs> I represent under the Stanley Black & Decker umbrella. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's my email address. Right. So he sent it. And I looked at it. I DM'd him right back. And I was like, buddy, anybody can do that with Photoshop and like, looking for uh, the logos on the internet right and he's like all right wow well. he's like we he's got like, a live oh. one yeah so <laughs> i still didn't believe him and he goes okay well i'll just get to the point here he, he goes we're gonna have a media event and it was the release of flexible he's like we want to fly you up to quebec to to attend this media event and i'm like you want to fly me get the hell out of here right i'm like <laughs> whatever and he's like give me your address and i'll just ship you the you know your ticket so i was like whatever gave him my address right and I, I, I even said it to my wife i was like yo i was like some guy's messing with me online he's saying he's from dewalt and he wants to fly me up to quebec and everything like that and i was like you're gonna eat he's gonna he's gonna send me a ticket in the mail plane ticket see how this goes <laughs> <laughs> oh well i was stupid because in two days i had a priority mail sitting in my house with freaking plane tickets in it <laughs> with my with my all, all my itinerary for the show, Not what bad. hotel I was staying in, you know, everything like that. And I was like, wait, what's happening right now? <laughs> like, you know, and it was great, you know, and uh, I had I had a great time in, with everybody and I got to meet a bunch of people from Dalt, which was amazing. Talked to a bunch of project managers. I actually, you know, it was pretty funny because I actually insulted one of the higher ups. I'm just going to leave their name out of this. But yeah, he brought the Flexvolt saw over to me and he was like, oh, you're a framer. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you think? And he hands me the saw. I'm like, where's the hook? Right? And he's like, what hook? I'm like, 
you're going to call this a professional tool and you guys are going to put a hook on this thing? I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and he goes, I should probably tell you who I am. <laughs> so he told me and I was like, that still doesn't change my opinion. Yeah. Where's the hook? Where's <laughs> right? the hook, dude? Yeah. And I, so I, I just told him, I was like, and I said, why wouldn't you guys put a hook on this? And he was like, we did a study and people said they don't want hooks. I was like, did you do studies with homeowners or professionals? <laughs> so that I had, I got, you know, <laughs> and they were just like, you, just, you can't talk like that. And I was like, oh, no, I can actually, you know, he asked my opinion and I'm giving him my opinion. If he doesn't agree with my opinion, then it's fine. But ever since then, we got along, you know, pretty well. They they know what to expect from me. And um, I've had a very interesting <laughs> experience along the road with the tool reviews and everything like that, where it's like, I used to tell companies right away, if you don't have 100% confidence in your tool, don't bother sending it. It's not worth your time to send it and my time to break it. Don't send it. So that's how I was operating for the longest time. And a lot of people, you know, bitch, bitch and complain still to this day because they're like, oh, we saw you open up a tool, but you never followed up on it. I'm like, well, if you guys remember, I always said, if you never see it again, I broke it. It's not worth talking about. I'm not here to punch a company in the face every 13 seconds, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not nice to tools. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. But at the same time, before I keep going down the influencer nonsense, it, it it's come to a head where I I actually had this little conversation with myself just recently of like, am I doing the right thing? Is it getting across what I actually want to be getting across? Or is it coming off Joe's an influencer and it's really cool to be an influencer? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's it's been a really tough I like I've never actually mind screwed myself that bad ever in this whole thing but it got to me and i just sat there and i was like i gotta figure this the hell out and you know i asked a bunch of people that i i highly respect um that are advocates for the trades and everything that they said came back in in a, in a positive light um it wasn't like you're just pushing tools like you got to stop like but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, I like doing this, but I like doing this also, but this is more important to me. So how do I work a balance out now to, to keep this going forward to inspiring kids to come into the trades, but still keep that part going as well. And it's to the point now where like, I'll, I'll have the, I'll have the tools in a video. If somebody asks me, then I'll, I'll answer it, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting here every day, pumping tools on the post every day. Um, I did, I just put a, a post tonight, you know, and it was a tool and, but it was a, the reason why I like said tool, it came in extremely handy in the circumstance that I, I needed it to come in handy with. Right. And it mm -hmm. wasn't like I ran out of my way to make a scenario that wasn't actually a scenario to just say, this is a great tool. Right. Or I didn't, or I didn't just open a box and go, this is the best thing ever when I never even used it. Right. I'm, ve I'm very clear about that side of it as well. You're not going to see me post a review right away. It's not going to happen. Um, because if I was to open a tool today 
except for the max high pressure system. I totally did it the next day, but I'm not going to open a tool today, take it to work tomorrow, use it for an equivalent of like, a, I don't know. Say you say an eight hour day, you, you do your cut time on a saw, say that's an hour and a half. I'm not going to use that hour and a half and say, this is the best thing ever. You can't, you can't. Right. No, I, I would be, I would be lying and I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself because I know how hard I work for my money. And I know that people buy things when I say they're good. So I, I have a conscience. Sorry. I'm not going to lie to people and tell them that everything is the best thing in the world. I've gotten in, I've gotten in straight up arguments with some brands and I've told some brands to come to my garage and pick up all their tools because if they don't, if they want it a different way, it's not going to happen. So, but yeah, I, I'm literally just trying to level, level the playing field here a little bit, keep showing kids and younger guys. Actually, I've, I, I've actually had more 30 year olds wanting to switch careers and kids which has been I, interesting. I, <laughs> man, I, I, on awesome. this pod, on this podcast, most of my people that I've interviewed didn't start in the trades. They came in later. I came in later. I mean, I did it yeah. in my twenties, but I didn't know I was going to do it. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Know, oh. You know, I did everything in my twenties. Exactly. So. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's what the twenties are for. <laughs> Lots of lessons yeah. are learned in our twenties. right? <laughs> like, yeah. No doubt. But yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what is the, what is influencing doing to the industry? I mean, honestly, that's the thing. go ahead. I think it's hurting it. Um, on that, on that side, because, you know, you look at all the statistics of what, what jobs are, are most favorable in our time right now. An influencer is in the top, top five. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Like, no, like what? I don't get that. Like why? Like if they knew, if they knew the side of influencing that I know, they wouldn't want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like everybody's running around taking videos of everything like that. And it's, it's fine and well and everything, but I've seen a bunch of things that were ridiculous, like things that shouldn't be done. Um, putting people's health and safety at risk. And I know someone's going to, you know, people are going to call me a hypocrite for it, for some of the shenanigans that I pull, but I'm also a professional. I've been doing it for 27 years and I, <laughs> I'm not saying everybody should do what I do. I just say, you know, this might work mm -hmm. occasionally. Don't do it. You know, or I'll say this is not for young guys. This is for somebody who has experience with something. But I've seen some videos on here, man, that I'm like, that's not good. Like right. someone's going to die just so right. you could post, post up a video and get a shit ton of likes and, and maybe, maybe a couple thousand views. Yeah. I'm someone's like, going to lose a finger. That's not worth, that's not worth it. Yeah. You know, but I, I think it is hurting it because everybody kind of has that in the back of their head where they're just kind of like, I want to be taking videos all the time. Right. I am an influencer and I still don't take videos all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like as much as I hate that word too, but it is, 
It is what it is. It is what it is. I've already, I've been labeled it. It's it says it on my media passes. <laughs> you know when I show up at shows, like I, it is what it is. It I, doesn't I, say con. It doesn't say content creator. It says influence. I didn't think about it too much when I first got on Instagram again. I I, I was on Instagram with my construction business a couple of years ago, but I kind of quit because I got bored. Yeah, and uh, I didn't even know what influencers were. And then I came back and started doing the the podcast and. I did notice immediately like people that were getting bigger accounts were getting sent a lot of tools, box opening, and then reviewing the tool. And yeah, but, but there was no tool it was being compared to. There was no, yeah. so, so then I wondered now, you know, are people just buying subpar tools sometimes because they see an influencer open a box, you know, and that's yeah. because you do, you know, as well as I, that when you're young and you spend a couple hundred bucks on a tool, it really <laughs> is a big deal. That oh, first, yeah. the first oh, yeah. couple times when you buy your it's first chop saw, yeah. when you buy your table saw, you're like, whoa, you know, yeah. and it's it's a big deal. So so you want the best one, but all along the way you've got to buy all this other stuff. And I've definitely bought some crappy tools. I didn't have anybody to teach me what to buy and what not to, and yeah. I live you know in a remote place, but. But we've all I, bought crappy tools. <laughs> <laughs> we've all done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're still sitting there yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there not getting used. Yeah. Uh, Straight to the dump. <laughs> all right. So blah, blah, blah. Enough about influencing though. But who, yeah. whose fault? Okay. So, so, you know, you tell me that kids, tell you they're learning more from you than they are from their bosses, from their, from their workplaces. What is up with that? I mean, how does, how does that happen that these guys aren't, aren't learning on site? Money. Nobody's thinking about teaching these kids and not realizing the fact that the more these kids learn, the more money they're worth and the more money they're going to make you. But instead Mm -hmm. they'd rather be like, I don't have time to teach you anything. But it also falls under what I was talking about earlier. These kids also have to be aware of what they're doing, where they're at, keep their eyes and ears open, and they'll pick up a lot without the actual verbiage of somebody talking to it. Yeah. Right? So that's a thing as well. But, yeah, it is a thing, and it, it, it can be a problem, and I've, I've seen it. Um, in my opinion, if if – because I don't know any of these kids. They're just people who have reached out to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're like on a job site. And I, and I don't want to place blame on them. But I have seen it in my in my own experience with kids that we've hired. Where these kids say they're this good. And when they get on site, they're like a deer in headlights. They don't move. They don't do anything. And and to me, that that doesn't mean you're eligible to be taught. Show me you want to be there, right? Like being taught isn't an obligation, you know, to everybody. If you're not, if you don't want to be there, I am not going to waste my time. Yeah, I will look at whoever's around me and say, that guy's here on time every day, probably 10, 15 minutes early. You know, he tries his hardest. He He's receptive. You know, you ask him something, he, he responds. You ask him to get something. It isn't a big to do. He just does it. You know, and that person to me 
is more likely to get my attention to show them how to do things. You know, whose fault is it the kids are so soft? You have you have four kids. Yep. You've watched this whole thing evolve while you've been raising children. Whose fault? Like, it's not just the kids, right? 100%. It's our fault. We taught these kids how to be soft. We, you know, my, my situation, and I'll just use myself as an example rather than throwing out some ideas here. I grew up in a really bad place. The kind you don't walk around once it's getting a little dark, uh-huh. but uh, and you don't even walk around when it's daytime, really. <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I grew up in a really bad place and really bad times, and you know you you always want to protect your kids, and you want don't want them to go through the same things that you're going through, but you also have to understand that there's an extent when to stop. You know, these are the things. Some of these life lessons are learned by emptying up. We, we constantly try to protect them, but we can't protect them from everything for the rest of their life. So we might as well let them learn some hard truths, right? Yeah. Let them mess up a, li- a little bit. Let them get in trouble. Let them, you know, do stupidness, you know? Like, you can't you can't baby them. If you do, this is what we got. No, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to leave their house. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Like... I'm almost 50 years old. Like it's, I've never heard the word anxiety so much as, as I have lately, you know, it's always been around, but now it's like, everybody's anxious. Well, of course, nobody had these things happen to them so they can get some, you know, <laughs> looking for a word here, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you got to let them do these things. They have to mess up just so they can build some character and build some mindset to themselves that they understand what it's like yep. to be a productive member of society, what it's like to be able to do this. What are yep. the consequences of doing this? You know, if we all baby them all the time, like I'd hate to use the word, but man, we're just breeding the snowflakes. That's all it is. Nobody wants to do anything because they're going to get hurt or it's too strenuous, or they're, they're going to get a headache, or they're going to get a sliver, you know, things of that nature. But what they don't realize is, like, you can sit there and be pampered all you want, but if you're going to sit there and bitch about it, it's on you. It's no on doubt. me. Right? I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an ass parent, but I'm not a soft parent either. Right? I want, do I want to protect my boys? 100%. Will I let them screw up? I have. And they're fine. And they're, they're succeeding at what they do. All right? So it works. You just have to let them. They kind of got to learn for themselves at a certain age. It's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. So I try not to go too far off that. No, it's, <laughs> I just, it's just... It's just some perspective to throw out there. I mean, yeah, we all know what's going on and anxiety. Um, wait, you said you're going to be 50 soon. When do you turn 50? November. Hmm. It's a big year yeah. of 50s. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Me and, yeah. me and Aaron are going to celebrate together. <laughs> cool. Uh, he's in October? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or Yeah. September or October. Cool. 
So anxiety, you said you, you anxiety is an all time high. You, uh, you suffered from some anxiety. Yep. I did. I a hundred percent did. I had it really bad. And you know what? Again, you gotta, you gotta look at it in a different aspect. You know, it's, it's just there to guard you. It's not there to cripple you. Right. Mm. Everybody's got anxiety. Everybody, every single person in their life has anxiety. It's just certain people use it to debilitate themselves rather yeah. than to use it as a strength. Yeah, you need a program, you know? right? You need a you need a yeah. you need a mental program to yeah. a structure to deal with it, right? Exactly. And and that's the thing. If you discipline yourself in a certain manner, it goes away really easy. Hmm. But you have you have to be strong enough to look at, at yourself and criticize yourself and the way you are and the way you act. And then you have to come up with it's different for everybody. My discipline, the way I do it to myself is going to be way different because my life and the way I live my life is completely different than what, you know, my neighbor is as well. Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, we've all got our, our inputs. So you have to figure out a way to deal with whatever, whatever issue it is. Uh, yep. Just, and that's just it. Just discipline yourself to a point where you're like, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling right now. I just have to go do this. You know, right. Do, right. do whatever it takes. Look at it however you want to look at it. If you have to look at it like I have people counting on me, then use that. Because that for me, that was a monster for me. I'm like, I have four boys, wife, dog, cat, house. My job as a man is to provide. So that's what I'm going to do. Right? So I had to use that. And, and move forward with that. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm still to that day, to this day, I'm still that way. I'm, I am disciplined to a point where I don't even know how to stop it because I'm so programmed. <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to keep going. And like, I've been asked when I'm going to retire, who knows when I feel the need to, because I have dis- disciplined myself to a point where, a, I love my job, so it's super easy to be this way. But I'm just going to keep going to work because I never know what's coming down the pipeline. A rainy day might cause casualty, and I might need to be more financially sound than I ever needed to be at that circumstance. Yeah. So I don't want to get caught with my pants down. So instead, I'm just going to keep going to work. I'm not dead and dying, so I'm going to keep going to work. I've broken bones on at at work and kept working. I ripped this thumb off at work and kept working. Like I'm not telling everybody to go do that, but when you discipline yourself to a point where you're like, I have a problem right here. My thumb's hanging off. Okay. Should probably take, you know, should probably go to the hospital and get this checked out. But with my mentality, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be off for, you know? So I, I was like, I have to try to see if I can work. And mm-hmm. if I can't, I can't. So be it. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do to change it. It's already happened. Right. So I've, I've broken that bone. I've chipped shoulder blades. You know, I've, <laughs> I've taken a couple falls that I shouldn't have taken. And, you know, I just keep going. 
Well, we can't grow without discipline, right? No, you can't. It's a you thing. cannot. There's no growth. And if people are waiting around to think of motivation is going to help them grow, no, nah, I don't think so. Motivation only gets you so far. Motivation's kind of a farce. It right? is. Motivation's it like is. a it's a it's a word to make an excuse to take a nap. Exactly. Like if you're waiting around for somebody to motivate you, man, you're 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 losing already. Exactly. As soon as you said you're waiting for somebody to motivate you, or like, what's my motivation, man? You at your you know you at your age, or your stature in life, you should know what your motivation is already. Now just change that to discipline and get going. Don't think of it as motivation. You don't need that. You don't need somebody saying, "Come on, honey, go to work." No, just just go to work. Just go. Right? Like you don't need any 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 you don't need a cheerleading squad to do what you're supposed to do as a productive member of society or as a as no doubt uh, as a provider for a family. How you doing on time, Joe? We've we've been we've been going at it for a while. I didn't. Got uh, a, we're got hour, a, and, hour and ten in now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just blow through some fun questions here. Okay. Sounds All good. right. What's your biggest job site peeve? Cool. Don't talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dude, that's, that's Roger. That's, Roger. Honest uh, <laughs> to God, that is my <laughs> biggest one. Okay. Um, what's the best mistake you've made? Best mistake I've ever made? Uh, I'd have to say, yeah, it's got to be that one. I had a reverse plan once, and I ended up not looking at the plan because I kind of measured, I kind of memorized it a little bit, and I ended up putting the bump out on the wrong side of the house. Never paid attention to it ever. Just kept going, going, going. Sheeted the whole roof, everything. Put the dormer above that. Wrong side of the house. Sheeted the roof, whole nine yards. But it was on a townhouse block, and there was a there was a block wall there, and I and I started to do a like a saddle there for water to drain. And I'm like, why is this hitting like this? It shouldn't hit like this. This doesn't make any logical sense. <laughs> so I sent my son down, and he grabbed the he grabbed the plan, and he. I could just see it right away when he came out of the trailer and he's just looking and he's going like this. And I was just like, what? And he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, oh, no. He's like, you don't even want to know. He's like, I'm going to put this back. I'm going to go on break. You can come look at it yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah. I, yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> but, you know, we had it fixed in like literally like five hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Ripped rip the whole roof apart, moved all the walls, put beams in the garage to hold it. We slid everything that went this way, that way, and you know, it was it was done by the end of the day. The following day, obviously, because that the other day when I found out, I was really mad and I had to go. <laughs> but yeah, that that was I think that was the the worst one. Um, what's the coolest job you've done? Uh, I've done a couple cool ones. I think the coolest job we, we did was a 12,000 square foot house. That, that was a pretty cool one. We blasted that thing, blasted that thing up. 
all because of Milwaukee, because I had to leave for Milwaukee uh, NPS, and I was like, I want to be at a certain point before I leave. <laughs> and yeah, well, we made it. Yeah, like twelve thousand square foot house. Uh, well, that's including finished basement as well. But uh, that's a beast. Yeah, we were. I before I had left, we were three weeks in. I had already had the the portion or the the whole entire garage roof raftered in. And a couple of box girders up to carry the roof on the, uh, on the main house. And then I was like, back frame until I get back. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was definitely one of the, one of the best for sure. Cool. This is a, this is a, a question from Freddie Roman. I think I've probably asked a couple people, but do you still love it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every damn day. I'm lucky. I'm the lucky one every day. You know, I sit there, I get to work probably 15, 20 minutes early every day. And I just sit there and looking, and I'm just like, I am so lucky. Awesome. Like, you know, I could be stuck in a job I absolutely hated and been there forever. Instead, I've been there forever and still loving it every day. I'm so glad I didn't stay with that career, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't know what the hell would ever happen but I don't think I would be this happy. What question would you ask another builder on this podcast? Hmm. An honest question. At what point is good enough? Like, like what's your tolerance? At what point would you call it good enough? Hmm. Cause I know every time I bring that, that term up or that phrase up, I get a lot of slack and there's just, yeah, it should per perfect should be good enough. And, and as I've said many a times, man, I'm like, we're not in the business of perfect. There's no such thing. Natural we product. Are in a business of, yeah. We, we work with imperfect material. We're not yeah. going to get perfect. Wood I just tell them, I'm like, we're in the, we're in the business of the perception of perfection. Plain and simple. We make it look like it's perfect. It's mm -hmm. not, but it is, you know, <clears throat> I like it. What do you think about building science? Uh, I I think some of it's really cool and some of it's way over my head. And just because I haven't really dove that far into it, but there's quite a bit of it that I'm, I'm highly interested in. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm doing as much as I can reading up on it. And, you know, and I'm, I started following a whole bunch of building science people and listening to their, their inputs and outputs on things and, and ways, different ways that they're doing things. And it's really cool stuff. Like I straight up could geek out on it for quite a while. Like rather than going on like a YouTube binge, I'll just end up like going through everybody's profiles and like looking at things and watching mm -hmm. things that they're discussing. And if I can grab a podcast, if I have time, and I'll, you know, I'll listen to some guys and everything like that. And, you know, now, and I'm pretty, pretty friendly, friendly with a good part of the community that's on here. So yeah. that helps as well. Yeah. yeah. If I don't understand something or if I'm like, I question it is my thing. I, I always have to question it to understand. So I'll reach out to people and just be like, but what if we do it this way? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and it's, and it's great because that's the community that we've built on here that we can reach out to one another and just like balance things off each other. And we need that dialogue. We need to question it. We need to question everything. Oh, yeah. oh, no. If you don't, 
you saw I was petting sheep the other day, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> just saying. Um, why do skill trades matter? We make the world go around, buddy. That's yes, the sir. plain, short and simple. Yes, sir. What, um, what's your favorite tool? Ooh, my saw. <laughs> my, your shirts, your shirts up. Yeah. 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 Uh, most useful tool. Nail puller. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Where, where, yeah. where, where have you, what's the, where have you been on my life tool? Ooh, um, I probably the 10 and a quarter cordless saw. Mm. Yeah. That makes me happy. That thing. Mm -hmm. Anytime I can cut multiple things at once and you know, everything's perfect, you know, plates, rafters, stairs, whatever the case may be. And I don't have to worry about any imperfections from one to the other. I'm like, <laughs> I love you. Give me a hug. You know, yeah. <laughs> I want a I want a photo to frame of you hugging your ten and a quarter. <laughs> Deal. Okay. Um, what are the best job site jams? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we do. Well, we do a lot of classic rock. Um, Noted. Just because it's mostly what comes in. Yeah. But yeah, man, we we can't stream music. We we've done it before, and we've gotten some looks. <laughs> because <laughs> i listen to everything i don't care uh -huh. like i don't care how old i am I, I i'm a lover of music it makes me happy mm -hmm. so yeah like whatever i feel like that day i'll play and some of it's not <laughs> neighbor friendly <laughs> yeah i don't know how else to put that so yeah so usually we just you know whatever classic rock is is coming in clearly and loudly we're we're rolling with it right yeah um who was your mentor? Hmm. Myself. I I had to teach myself a lot. Most most of what I know, I had to teach myself. So, in my eyes, I am I am mentor. Awesome. Um, do you think that all of our friends out there should? Give us a five star rating on Spotify and and write a review on 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 iTunes, absolutely, and probably share this in their stories when it comes out on Instagram. Well, I have it in my stories right now. I'll say if I was on a podcast, would you listen? So we're going to see. Oh, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the we'll poll says. Yeah. All right, Joe. Any final words of wisdom for the people out there? Uh, final words of wisdom, man. Just, just keep pushing forward, you know, do what you do what you love and be happy with your life and be content with it. You know, if there, there's no, no better feeling than being content with what you're doing and, and the place that you're in, in your life. So it, it, you know, be, be your own success story is what basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Positive words of wisdom out there. Joe Canning, thank you so much for coming and joining me on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a productive week, my friends. Thank you for your continued support these first two years of the podcast. And remember, everything we do each day creates part of our legacy. So create a legacy that matters. Mm -hmm.